Welcome to Gardening with Daddy Pete. Let's join our host, Melvin York. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Gardening with Daddy Pete. I'm your host, Melvin York. And here we are in the second week of January, and there are so much to do to get ready for our spring and summer gardens. And we're going to go over some of those things now, as uh, I promised I would give you a few more things of what you could do, some timelines and what you need to be doing and to get ready for that garden. So if you have a pen and uh, paper, jot down some of these things. If not, you can always go to our website, which is Daddy Pete. Dot com as daddy Pete's with an s dot com and you can go to our page there and just hit archive the podcast and go through and look for this broadcast here and you can listen and get all the information again so if you're writing or you can't get to somewhere to, or can't do it at the very moment to jot things down don't worry about that you can always go to our website and Look under the podcast, the archive part of that, and pull it up. Well, as I did say, the second week of January, let me tell you some of the things you can do. Gardening now in the Piedmont, towards the coast, and even into the foothill part of the mountains here in the Piedmont, and more or less what I'm talking about is we're in the Piedmont of North Carolina, but yet South Carolina. Sometimes you can start things just a little sooner. And as you move on down into the Georgia, Florida area, some of the Alabama, you can do that. As you move up, as you're going up, some into Tennessee, into Virginia, the middle of Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, these things will be later. So what you need to do is to go to the USDA Plant Hardiness Zone map. And you can just type in the USDA plant hardiness zone map. Now, that's going to give you, type in your zip code. Once you get there, you can type it in. And it's going to tell you what temperature plants that you can grow there. And they will still be safe and still perform. Also, we talked about before, if you look on your tags, if you're buying perennials, if you're buying herbs, you're buying trees, shrubs, it should have a zone on there, a hardiness zone rating, which would be a, it's in numbers, which would be a 7A or an 8A or a 5A or 4A. And you can look that up on the USDA hardiness zone. And that will tell you that that plant will perform well in that zone. So you need to make that to know what zone you're in before you go to your garden center to start buying perennials and shrubs and trees, fruit trees, and maybe even some of your birds. Now, also on that tag, you're going to find out if that's a sun-loving plant, sun and shade. It'll say shade, or maybe it will say partial shade, partial sun. And anytime you see partial sun, I would try to plant things where it would be getting at sun of the morning and not so much of the evening when it's the hotter sun. And you need to do that a lot, even with some vegetable plants. We're going to talk about that too. So anyhow, January through March. January is a great month for getting your seeds ordered and getting organized for the year to come. Now, you know that I'm a stickler and y'all are probably getting tired of hearing about it, about keeping that journal. Uh, I think this is the first of the year. It would be a good time. Grab you a notebook, loose leaf notebook. Grab a pack of notebook paper. Jot down your days that you're working in the garden, what kind of temperature it was. It's nice to keep a running total of the weather and how much rain, snow, do we have sleep. 
Do we have hail? Do we have excessive temperatures? Do we have excessive cold? So keep up with that too, because it all plays a part on how well your garden's going to do and how much it'll produce. Now, February, believe it or not, is the month to start planting hardy crops outside, like here in the Piedmont to the coast. Potatoes are one. Garden peas, like sweet peas. It's a good time to plant those. At home, we always used to. We did row gardening. We didn't have or had never heard so much as raised bed gardening. So we did row gardening. We had a bigger family. Potatoes usually second, third week in February were in the ground. And uh, maybe next week we'll talk about how to prepare those potatoes to get ready to plant them because you can plant the whole potato, but it's not necessary. We'll talk more about that next week. You can do along with snow peas, sugar snaps, and they should all be planted in the ground around mid-February and mid-March in the mountains. You can do carrots, parsnip, lettuce, all kinds of different varieties of lettuce, spinach, mustard again, mustard greens. There is a lot of different variety of mustard, rutabaga, radishes. Again, tremendous amount of different varieties of radishes where you've got the bell type radish, where you've got the red ones, you've got what we call the cherries, where they're all red. Then you have some with white and red or a white tip. Then you have the long, and I like to call them an icicle. And years ago, they called them like an icicle radish or white. Very good radish, grows a little longer, down more, looks sort of like a white short carrot. And then turnips, if you want any turnips, you can sow these directly into the garden in mid-February, mid-late February, early March. And the reason being on a lot of these you want to plant, you want to get ahead of the disease and the insects. Okay, from mid-February to early April, transplants of onions, broccoli, cabbage, kale, and collards can be set out during this time as well. If you want to start your own transplants of these crops, sow them in an unheated cold frame in January and February. So if you're planning on growing your own transplants of onions, broccoli, cabbage, kale, collards, etc., what we just talked about, you need to go ahead and get those sown now. And you can do it outside, and that saves a lot of the hardening off to in a little cold frame. You can make shift your own cold frame. I have a raised bed, take one of your raised beds, do a, some pipe or just some type of frame, put some heavy, like six mil clear plastic over it, and that'll work well. So you can do that. March will be a time to start your seeds of eggplants, peppers, tomatoes indoors. So you'll have those ready to transplant in the spring. Now, if we keep this going, you can just about keep a productive garden growing year round. Okay. Uh, that is something that we're very blessed with here in uh the southeast that we can do. And believe it or not, there's just so many different crops that do like cold weather. It works well. Now, we'll go to April through June. It's safe to plant warm seeds. Some crops like cucumbers, tomatoes, what I like to call the old, uh, we call them southern peas or field peas, lima beans. Do that outside. All of these are after your last average frost date. Again, you can find that information usually on your extension service from whichever state you live. Like if you live in North Carolina, you can do it through the North Carolina Extension Service. Look up your average frost date or any of the weather services can do that. Again, after a couple of years of keeping that journal we were talking about, you're kind of going to know when it goes. And it usually averages here from the very late March all around the coast to the end of April in the mountains. So we're looking here. Usually about the mid of April to the end, you might see a little light frost, but I know that we always planted when I was a kid on Good Friday or whatever Easter week happened to be where it was late in 
March or early in April, we would plant our green beans and we would plant some corn. And some of those things can be done. Because some of these crops will tolerate a light frost a little earlier than others, like green beans, sweet corn, squash, zucchini. You can sow those a couple of weeks before the, of the last expected frost, and you'll usually be okay. So these are just a few things that you can think of. Other warm season crops are frost sensitive, and they should not be planted outside until the threat of frost is passed. A lot of these include your melons, which is cantaloupe, watermelons, okra, which is a big one. Now, one thing about your okra, too, I'll give you a little hint on that. When you're planting okra, sometimes it's harder to get to come up. If you're going to plant it a little bit on the early side, take your seed out. And I like to store mine in the freezer. Take it out the day before, run some lukewarm water, go ahead and put your seed in that, let it sit overnight until the next day or midday, and then plant directly out of the water into that. And it seems like it kind of gives it a little extra go there. But all these transplants to be set out like peppers, eggplants, sweet potatoes, which are all another thing like if you're planting peanuts, you can directly sow these into the garden or you can use transplants on either one. Now, of course, by that time after the frost is, you're pretty well ready to go on anything you want to plant as far as the cucumbers, the tomatoes, the peppers, your corn, your peas, your beans. All of those are ready to go. Zucchini, well, you can do that after the fear of frost is gone. And most of the time, a lot of those we use transplants in. I personally like to plant my squash, my zucchini, my cucumbers into the ground. I do save that little bit of time of transplant shock. I've tried it both ways. And to be honest with you, I've had fruit about the same time, whether I thought I was getting ahead using a transplant or planting the seeds into the ground. So it's just whatever you you want to do or whatever you had time for. Now, July is set through September. That's late summer. Our crops are starting to come down a little bit from the heat. So this is a good time to re-sow some green beans in July. Get ready to start sowing carrots, beets, Swiss chard, kohlrabi, leeks, rutabaga, parsnips, turnip, squash, zucchini, and cucumbers. Now, your squash, zucchini, cucumbers, green beans, that's something that needs to go in July with carrots, beets, Swiss chard, your turnips. I would wait into first of August, middle of August before planting those. You do want that to be a more of a cold weather crop or a late fall crop. Start your broccoli, your cauliflower, your kale, collard, cabbage, lettuce, spinach seeds in late summer and transplant them into the garden if you want to. Again, if you like transplants and you got time, grow your own. You'll find that it's more economic because here's the thing about it. These crops we're getting ready to sow in the fall are basically the crops or most of them that we sowed in the early spring. So if you when you bought your seed, if you buy enough for both, then that way you have bought enough to have transplants for both seasons or take care of that whole year. But again, you can buy these transplants from your local garden center, whichever works best for you. Now, let's go on into October through December. Usually, that's a good time to plant garlic from cloves, onions from seeds directly into the garden. You can do that. Both crops will grow through the winter and be ready to harvest in the spring. I do know I've got some what they call the Egyptian walking onions. Instead of putting seed on the top, they actually do put on the actual bulbs. And the way that they call them walking is they will fall over and those bulbs will root back into the ground and that the old onion will go ahead and die out but right now i see mine are already up probably three or four inches high with green sprouts and though the uh, cold weather did not freeze those out in fact i have 
done very little to even baby these things. They've basically just, if you will, they've had to fend for themselves and they're just, you know, keep growing do a great job. If you get a chance to get a hold of that, it's an Egyptian walking onion. Great sweet onion in the spring, work real well. You pull some, leave some to continue on. Do that in a uh, long raised bed. Keep, you know, replenishing some of your compost so the nutrients will go there and let that kind of be an eternal bed, so to speak, because it will keep going year after year. So that's really nice that you don't. Now, I do like other varieties of onions, but I do particularly like those for spring onions and for the fact that I know those are always going to be there. Uh, also, on October, December, you do hardy crops like cabbage, collards, and kale. They'll usually produce them on through December. Don't forget spinach. Spinach is one. If you like the beet greens, that's another one. They're not going to be affected by frost. And it's going to really take some really, really hard freeze to take those two out. Of course, the growing seasons for less hardy crops like broccoli and lettuce can be extended by covering them with cold frames, growing them in an unheated tunnel house. Lettuce will stand a frost, mostly, not a real hard frost or a freeze, so, but it doesn't take a lot to cover it up. And again, one thing that you might want to do is look around and, do, and you know, guys do the do-it-yourself versions. You can make a small do-it-yourself, what I'll say, a cold frame, and you can grow still a lot of crops in that all the way through the winter. So, and lettuce and broccoli are a couple of the ones that you can extend those crops on. So that's just uh, a few things to do. Now, let me go into one more thing before we get here, and I'm just gonna kind of give you a uh, quick rundown of some of the, if you'll go along and do this, go to your computer and type in seed catalogs. And there should be about 30 different seed catalogs. Now, here's what you want to look for. You want to look for a seed company that's been in business at least 25 years. You want to look for a seed company that sells heirloom seeds, non-GMO seeds. That's who you want to look for. Now, there are seed companies that's out there. Of course, there's Harris Seeds. There's Bonnie, Baker Creek, Johnny Select. There's Select Seeds. There's on and on and on of the different varieties that's been out there for years and years. Go through, look at those seed catalogs, do your picking now. Go ahead and a lot of these you can order your seed catalog, but you can also go to an online version and look at that. Go ahead and place your order. Some of these companies do charge a little something for the catalog, but when that catalog comes, you will have a coupon in it to get back usually as much or more than what you paid for the catalog. So you're not going to lose any money on it. So that's just an idea. Plus, it's a good thing. Pick out the things that you know and do like I do. I'll try to pick something that, or a variety that I haven't grown that looks good, that I know will fit in my heart in the zone and try something new. And if I like it, I try one of them, I say, okay, here's what I do. I save the seeds out of the rest, okay, instead of buying again the next year because I have an heirloom seed. I can save those seeds and then again next year. A good, for instance, is when you buy a small pack of, say, green beans. Usually, you're going to get enough to where you get a mess or two off of the green beans. But grab just a small mess and cook them. Wow, I really like these. Again, if you got it in your journal, you'll write down and try this new variety. I like it, and I'm saving the seeds for the next year. Then go ahead and let the rest of the seed dry on the stalk. Prepare them. Bring them in and make sure they're dry. Label them. Slide them in a freezer bag, throw them in your freezer till the next year. And that way you have the seed for it. You know, here's the amazing part about seeds. It's like you plant one kernel of corn and 
you know, most corn produces two years, some of it even three. But you plant one seed, but you're going to get back two to three hundred. So that's the good part about it. You can still eat an ear of corn if it's heirloom, grab one, let it dry, and put it up for seed. And usually one's all you're going to need out of maybe you planted a row. Maybe you planted 10 stalks. You're still going to get an abundance of corn, but then you still have a lot to save too. So just to give you an idea why you want to do heirlooms, but look at those catalogs. Okay, let's just recap just a little bit today. And again, let me remind you, I know you probably couldn't get all this down. You can go to to, uh, www.daddypeats.com and just look on the page, click on our podcast, go under the archives, and you can get today's broadcast and go back through that. But just a quick recap here. Some of the things that you can, we're planning the whole year's garden for you. Okay, so we kind of give you an idea of what you could do the whole year. Another one, USDA hardiness zone map. Go to the USDA page, look under the hardiness zone map, type in your zip code, and then it'll give for you. Look for the tags on your plants. You'll even see the little tag that describes what it is. Turn it around, look on the back or the front. It's going to give you a world of information, whether it's good in shade, whether it's good in sun, whether it's partial sun, partial shade. Will it tolerate frost? Is it frost hardy or not? Does it require a lot of moisture? Does it like a higher, drier soil or area in your yard? These are things that you can all tell by that tag or by going online and looking at that. Well, I certainly do appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. You know, our motto here at Daddy Pete's is uh, we help you grow, and we sincerely do mean that. That's the reason we do the podcast, because it just does our hearts good to see people garden. I love to see the young ones getting out into the garden and learning, because they may need to feed yourself one day. And if nothing else, at least you'll know they know how to grow a healthy vegetable, fruit, herb themselves. I find a lot of joy in that. With today's prices, it only makes sense to do this. You say, well, you know, it really costs to get raised beds going. That's that. That's a one-time cost. And if you'll go back through our podcast after you get it going, we tell you how you can replenish your beds by spending very little every year. Again, once you buy the seeds, you put the effort into it. You can save your seeds. You can grow your own transplant. So keep in mind, when people did this years ago, they shared between each other. They didn't run to the store and buy everything. So... Not only can you share vegetables, you can share seeds, techniques, varieties with your neighbors and people, your loved ones, whatever. So again, I do want to thank you for tuning in. If you get a chance and you're in the Greensboro area next week, and that's going to be the 17th, 18th, and 19th, actually it's the 18th and 19th, at the Greensboro Coliseum, you'll We'll be at the Green and Growing Show, and you'll see all kinds of different agricultural things as far as garden growing, trees, shrubs. You'll see it all in there. We'll be there in booth 907. If you get a chance, come by and say hi. I'd love to meet you. Grab a chair, pull up. We'll sit down, and like the old man says, we'll jaw a while. But again, that's in the Greensboro Coliseum, the 18th and 19th of January, and we're in booth 907. Well, until next week, it sure has been fun, but I'll see you then, and we wish you happy gardening from Daddy Pete and Melvin York. Thank you for joining today's Gardening with Daddy Pete. You can check out our website at daddypeets.com for additional gardening tips and our podcast at gardeningwithdaddypete.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.